Well, there seems to be something in us as human beings that gives us the need for markers. Now, many times our lives are just kind of ordinary, aren't they? Many times it's just we live day in and day out, and we do some of the same things, many of the same things over and over for weeks, for months, and maybe for some of us it feels like sometimes years. But there are times that give us permission and that almost even call us to consider change. There's markers or there's stopping points. And sometimes in the world, you ever heard of the term, something brings closure? That's something that uh, the world uses a lot. That term is used a lot. Whatever you want to call them, they give us the opportunity to stop and to evaluate and maybe even to change directions if needed. Some examples I think of are the death of a family member. How many of us can look back at our lives and the death of somebody close to us had a significant impact on some aspect of our life since that point. How about having a baby? Well, my, my brother-in-law just found out he's having a baby soon. Well, he's been single for a while, and he just recently got married. And I remember uh, us having family get-togethers, and, you know, when it come time for a diaper change, or maybe when all the kids got all together and got a little rowdy and got a little bit loud for a single guy, he had to go to another room. He had to kind of excuse himself for a little while. So having a baby is going to be a wonderful change, but it's going to be quite a change for his life. And I can't wait to see it, to be honest with you. (laughs) Graduating from high school, graduating from college, those are big markers in our lives. What about a significant birthday for many people turning 40? Although actually, to be honest with you, I believe 30 is more significant for adults, but uh, you can ask me when I get to 40 if I still believe that. But whatever your age is, all of us have thoughts about, okay, when I get to this point, well, that's dramatic, or they send black balloons when you turn 40 and all this kind of stuff. And everybody has in their mind these markers. And I think those, to some extent, are good things. I've been reading through the book of Genesis in my own time with the Lord in the mornings, and I've noticed how God's people built altars. When God did something special in their lives, sometimes they stopped and they stacked some stones in that place to recognize that God had done something in their life and to give them something when they looked at it that they could go back and somebody could say, why are those stones there? And they could say, oh, well, let me tell you the story about why that marker is there, why that monument is there. Here's what happened in our lives. Well, in our culture, this day... December the 31st, has the potential for being one of those markers in our lives. In fact, if you ask most people, New Year's would probably be the most popular time that people would mention that they think about things that have happened in their lives and as they look ahead to the future in their lives. We usually call those what? New Year's resolutions. Well, I'll be honest with you, I'm not much on New Year's resolutions. The reason is, is because it's usually things that we think we need to do or we think we want to do and we're trying to do them in our own strength, and typically, for those reasons, they don't last for very long. So let me just be clear this morning. I'm not asking you to do that today. I'm not asking you to just be reflective. I'm not asking you just to sit back and put your hand up on your chin and think, hmm, wonder what's going on in my life, and let's think about it for just a little bit. But I do want to challenge you to think about your life today from God's perspective, for God to speak to your heart, and to see if maybe today could be what we want to talk about today, a new beginning for your life. We're going to look at several different verses today, but I want to invite you, first of all, to turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 
2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 is found in the New Testament. You can go to the beginning of your Bible and look in the contents and look it up there. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature or a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. The first thing I want to talk to you about this morning is that God can give you a new beginning. God can give you a new beginning. Do you believe that? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Did you know that? Did you know that when you come to Jesus Christ, when you receive Him as your Lord and Savior, as your personal Savior, did you know that you become according to God? According to God's Word, even though you may or may not feel like it, you become a new creation. Now, in English, we have to supply some words for that sentence to make sense. But in the Greek that it was originally written in, it says, just shortened to the point, therefore, whoever in Christ, new creation. You can mark it down. That person, if you are in Christ, boom, new creation. You have been reshaped, you have been remade, you have been recreated by Almighty God. If you are a new believer, congratulations. You may not feel like it, it may be hard to believe, but the Bible says that you are a new person in Christ. You have started a new beginning. Isn't that incredible? Isn't it? I don't know if I'm listening to y'all this morning. I'm wondering. Now, I can hear some of us Christians, though. Well, that's good for all the newbies around here. They got their starting point. They got their new beginning. But what about me? God, at one point, had given me that starting point. Problem is, I pretty well messed it up. I got my chance. I got my shot to start all over again. But I messed it up. But I believe that even though the direct application here is to a new believer that we shouldn't miss the wording. I believe the principle of the wording also applies to those of us who have already received Christ and are currently growing in our relationship with Him at whatever point we're in. He says, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, to the extent that you are abiding in Christ and you are allowing Him to work in your life, do you see that? God is continuing to make you a new person. Isn't that good news, friend? I didn't miss my introductory offer, okay? God said, okay, there's a one-time deal. Okay, we're going we're gonna to have this deal. Once you get started, you can be new. But then after that, so sorry. It's just like you were before. No, the Bible says if you are in Christ, to be in Christ, to be connected with Him, to be close to Him, automatically means that I will be changing. Isn't that exciting? I need to change, don't you? I need to be made new. Let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, just a few chapters before. It says, But we all, with unveiled face, not like in the Old Testament where there was so much that seemed to come between us, which God was just trying to show us in the Old Testament, that, that there was, it was hard to get to God. Sometimes we take it for granted because Jesus has made it seemingly so easy for us. But it's not easy to get to God. The only reason it's easy is because Jesus made the way possible. We all, with an unveiled face, with nothing standing between us and God, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3.18, those of us who know Christ, even though, amen, we have our ups and we have our downs, 
If we spend our time with God and we behold His glory, the Bible says that we will be being transformed. And actually, that word, can I make up a word here? It may be a word. I don't know. I'm going to make it up if it's not. We are being metamorphosized. Say that ten times in a row. We are being metamorphosized. That's actually what the word means. You kind of get a picture, a word picture there of what? A butterfly. That's what the word means. We are being transformed just like a butterfly that's breaking out of the shackles of that old cocoon. We are moving more and more towards God's purpose for us. If we are beholding the glory of the Lord each and every day, I am coming closer and closer to looking like Christ. I am becoming a new creation. Isn't that incredible? God can, God will, and if you are in Christ, God is changing me. He is recreating me into a brand new person. Now here's where the struggle with this is found in these verses. According to God's word, he can and will do this if I trust him. But then reality sets in, doesn't it? Even though in some sense, and I don't understand it all, even in some sense, even though in some sense I am changing, some things around me probably have not changed. Amen? What I mean by that? When God changes me, He doesn't always, and I might even say, He usually doesn't change my circumstances. Now, what do I mean? If before I was in Christ, if before I was being changed by Him, if previously I ran up my credit card bills, I probably still owe those. Amen? What, do you mean to tell me (laughs) that I can't call them up and say, didn't you know I'm new in Christ? Didn't you know I'm changing? Didn't you know I'm beholding the glory of the Lord and I'm becoming more and more like Him every day? Don't bank on it, literally. Amen? Don't bank on it. They're going to say, buddy, that's great. See you next month, right? If my husband left me this year, he's probably still going to be gone. That's the hard part of this, isn't it? Trying to understand what does it mean to be new in Christ. Now, I want to say something to you. Sometimes... God does, praise His name, change the situation. In fact, when I have a new beginning in Christ myself personally, I am now in the best position for that to happen. If He is going to change the the situation, the best position I can be in is by receiving Him and walking with Him. But many times, God doesn't take me out of the storm. God helps me to get through the storm. You see, the focus of this verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, the focus is not my circumstances. The focus of this verse is me. God doesn't promise to always change my situation, but He promises that if I am in Christ, He will change me. Some of us need to hear that from God's Word this morning. Some of us desperately need a new start, don't we? Some of us just need a new, a fresh point, a new beginning in our life. And some of us who are at that place, maybe even all of us who are at that place to some degree or another, struggle to believe that we could ever have one of those again in our lives. Can I share a couple of, I hope, encouraging examples with you? First of all is the Apostle Paul. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 9 that before he came... Now listen to this. Don't make this just a a fairy tale Bible story that you think is just kind of up there in the clouds theory. This is a real story. Before (coughs) he came to know Jesus himself, Paul, who was named Saul at the time, hated God's people, Christians, and had contributed 
to the killing of them. Now, sometimes we might skip over that and not let it really sink in because we've heard the story before. Maybe you've never heard it before. So it's fresh to you today. But think about it. The greatest missionary, did you hear that? As far as we can tell, the greatest missionary to ever live, the one who is responsible for most of the New Testament, most of what we know about Christ more than any other human being before Christ had been a murderer or at least had been a contributor to murder. If you don't know Christ... Is this good news for you? You are not too far away from God. If you don't know Christ this morning, you can be in Christ. You can experience a new beginning. You can become a new creation if you will come in Christ. But what about somebody else called King David? David was a child of God. David was one of the greatest men to ever live. David had a close personal relationship with God. He was even called in 1 Samuel 13, 14, a man after God's own heart. Now, we love to read the Psalms of David, don't we? We love to read the writings, the the story about (coughs) what a great man and how much he trusted God and and how God worked mightily and how, you know, we think about the, uh, the, the giants, don't we? Defeating the giants, the Goliaths in our life, and we hear all those stories. But did you know in 2 Samuel 11 and 12, that David committed adultery. You know why? All the rest of the men were in battle. He should have been in battle. He was the king, but he was kind of taking it easy. And while he was taking it easy, he committed adultery, and he tried to cover it up. And when he couldn't cover it up, he had a man killed over it. This is a man after God's own heart. This is a great man of God. Though he had to deal with the consequences of that to some degree for the rest of his life, And you can read that throughout the rest of the Old Testament. God restored his work in David after David returned to him. God was able to continue working in and through David's life. Christian, you have not gotten too far away from God. Now, there are consequences to our sins. And to some degree or another, we may have to deal with those for the rest of our lives. But you are not too far away from God for God to recreate you and to make you today a brand new person and to give you a new beginning. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, God can give you a new beginning today. Will you trust Him for that? But I want to tell you something else. You can have a new beginning every day. Let's turn over to Lamentations chapter 3. You say, Lamentations? I never heard of that. Is that in the Bible? Yeah, it's in there. Just flip on over to your contents again in the Old Testament. Find it there. It's a little bit past middle ways in your Bible. Flip over to the right a little bit. You'll find Lamentations, small book of the Bible. Lamentations 3, verses 21 through 23. God can give you a new beginning, but number two, you can have a new beginning every day. Lamentations 3 says this, This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Is it possible that you need a new beginning, not because you've gotten off track, but because of the reason that Jeremiah had in in Lamentations chapter 3? Let me tell you the situation. Jeremiah was serving the Lord. But Jeremiah had been given a tough assignment. God's people, 
the nation of Judah, the southern kingdom of Israel, had turned their back on God. And God gave, thank you very much, Lord, Jeremiah, the responsibility of warning them and of announcing judgment if they did not turn back to God. But you know what they did? They didn't. They ignored him. They ignored God's message. They ignored God's messenger. And as a result, Jerusalem, their capital, was destroyed. And Judah as a nation was taken into captivity by Babylon. That's where you get the story of Daniel. Daniel is one of the young men that was taken away into captivity in Babylon. Well, Jeremiah, because of his ministry, is known as the weeping prophet because he had a tough message to share. And as a result of the people not listening, he had to witness the judgment that they had to face. Though serving the Lord is a wonderful assignment, it can be very challenging. Amen? Serving the Lord can take us through a lot of emotions. As we cry out to people, as we, dear God, just help us to be able to explain to this person what you want to do for them and how you want to help them and how you want to bring them out of that pit that they're going through in their life. But we see so many people that we reach out to and we share that message with for whatever reason, and I don't know all the reasons, but for whatever reason, so many do not receive that hope. And as a result of not receiving that hope, their lives go through much, much hurt. And in the midst of seeing all that, in, in uh, Lamentations chapter 3, Jeremiah was struggling. If you read those verses before verse 21, you see that he felt like he was in darkness. You ever felt like that? And I'm not talking about before Christ. I'm talking about in the middle of serving God. In trying to do God's will for your life, have you ever felt like, not just that you were dry, we go through dry periods, don't we? But have you ever just felt like you were surrounded by darkness? Jeremiah, says, felt physically beat up. He felt hopeless. He felt like God wasn't even hearing his prayers. He felt like an idiot, like people were laughing at him and didn't take him seriously. But praise the Lord, in the midst of Jeremiah's despair, God brought truth to Jeremiah's heart. And I don't think Jeremiah really felt it at this point but he heard truth from god even though he was in as deep a depression as you could possibly get in in lamentations 3 verse 20, 21 he just caught a glimpse of the hope of god and that's when he said in verse 21 you almost hear him just struggling laying on his bed just just sweating and just hurting and just physically just torn apart and just his, 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 his heart broken and all these things going on. He says, but this I recall to my mind. I seem to remember, I seem to remember something. Therefore, I have some hope. The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease. That's what he got a glimpse of. Wait, wait just a minute. I remember back when I was a little boy, I remember my Sunday school teacher. I remember them saying that God's loving kindnesses never cease. I remember them saying his compassions never fail. And in fact, somewhere I remember somebody saying, even though it seems like years ago, I remember somebody saying that God is faithful and that every day his mercies and his offer is new. He said, Yahweh or Jehovah, which is a personal... Now, at this time, he didn't feel very close to God, but he used a very personal name for God, a, the name that is used many times to describe a, a relational aspect of who God is. Jehovah's loving kindnesses, his mercies, his steadfast love never fails. Now, that word loving kindness, I've told you before, is similar to the Greek word agape. It means the unconditional 
love of the Lord. That, that kind of love, that love that never lets you go, Jeremiah says, it never fails. And actually, if we just translate that, it kind of it falls short of giving you the picture of what it's talking about. It says it never ends. And actually, literally, it says it's never consumed. It's never finished up. It never dries up. It never withers away. It never goes out of your grasp. God's love, His unconditional love, never runs out. I'm never on the last drop of it. What's He saying? In the middle of my struggle, I just got a clue of the truth. Though I am in a pit of misery, and though I am wondering in my own heart and mind if God even cares, I just happen to recall that the love of my God never runs dry. I am never on the last drop of it. It cannot be consumed or finished up. Then he says it again just with different words. His compassions, his mercies. That word compassion and mercies is actually a word that's used many times to describe a mother's womb. Isn't that a word picture? God's nurture, his care for us, his love, his protective care for us, it never ceases. Again, it's the same word. It's the same idea. It's never consumed. It's never spent. You're never out of it. It's the same idea as before. And now here's what we're wanting to get to. All of that. God's love, unconditional love, His mercies like a mother's womb that, that so uh, nurtures us and protects us, all of that is new every morning. Can't we say with Jeremiah, great is His faithfulness. Every day I wake up and God is still there. Every day I wake up and the love that He promised me last week as we were studying God's Word together here on Sunday morning, did you know what? I found out He still loves me. And then then the day after that, I woke up and I found out He still loves me. And then the day after that, and the week after that, and the year after that, and as we look over our lives, and I see every day I woke up and God faithfully loved me exactly the same as He did the day before, and yet if I were to trace my line during those days, I was very down, many of them. I was very up, many of them. I was in between some of them. I was very high, some of them. And I go back through the years and I can trace God's faithfulness. Amen? He never, never has wavered. Do you hear what God is telling you, friend? Do you hear that God, the message that God gave to Jeremiah's heart and he, he had Jeremiah record it so that you could know it? Every day, God has a new beginning for your life. Every day, the unconditional care that He sh- showed you yesterday, the help and the mercy that you needed to make it so bad last week, did you know you didn't run out of it? Did you know you didn't use it up? Do you ever wonder, well, Lord, I'll depend on you a little bit, but I'm just asking too much. I'm going to wear out my welcome today. Let's save a little bit for tomorrow. Listen, go ahead and use all you can today because tomorrow when you wake up, there will be plenty for that day. There's a fresh supply waiting for us to draw from. Now, don't miss where we're heading with this. It's good to have New Year's. It's good to have birthdays. It's good to have Christmas. It's good to have other special celebrations or markers that we have in our lives. There is a place in our lives for for special times when we look back at what God's done and we evaluate what God may want to do in the future. And maybe we get a special sense of His direction for us. But in another sense, I want you to know something. You don't have to wait on January 29th You say, man, on December 31st, I heard God speaking to me. He changed my heart, and I decided I was going to get things right. You know what I'm going to do this year? I'm going to read the Bible through in a year. Y'all do that stuff, don't you? 
And then January 7th, you forget it, then you give up. And that's just a silly example. You wake up on January 29th, 30th, 31st, August 14th, November 19th. You wake up on one of those days, you don't have to wait again until New Year's. Every day, every day, God wants to start new with you. What an incredible offer. Now, wait just a minute. I'm not saying that uh, don't worry about starting new today. I'm not saying there's always tomorrow. We're not promised tomorrow. However, if you find yourself today needing to start new with God, guess what? The offer still stands. And it will stand every day for the rest of your life. That is unbelievable. Unlike those holiday gift cards that we all just got, God's offer has no expiration. (laughs) There's no, you must use this by such and such. The only expiration is until Jesus comes again or until your life is over on this earth. God has brand new hope, a fresh starting point for you every single day. Many times when I wake up in the morning, I think about these verses. I say to myself, His mercies are new every morning. Maybe I have a a rough day with my kids the day before. Maybe I had a a tough day at work or maybe financially or something or, or whatever it might be. The day after I've been off track, boy, it is powerful for me to know we're starting new today. We're starting with a clean slate. We're starting fresh. God is going to give me enough grace for this day. This day. Can you begin to live life like that? I'm not saying a flippant attitude about sin. The Bible says that sin is serious. Sin destroys. Sin kills. So we're not getting just half-hearted about sin as if, oh, well, tomorrow I'll wake up and God will give me a clean slate. That's not, that, we know that's not God's nature, right? We know that's not His character. That's not what His Word is saying. But I hope that this gives you a hopeful understanding that today I can be cleansed. 1 John 1, 9 says if we confess our sins... He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I don't know what this past year held for you. Maybe for some of us this morning, maybe this past year was the continuation of some struggles that you have faced for years. Many of us have faced things ever since we were a child. As you look ahead at this next year, can I ask you a question? Could it be that this next year is God's new beginning for you? It could be if you will allow yourself to be found in Christ. Are you in Christ this morning? Have you received Christ as your Savior? And if you have received Christ, are you abiding in Him? Are you staying close in a a personal connection, a personal relationship with Him? You know, maybe last year was the beginning of some struggles for you. Is last year's struggles going to define next year for you? Certainly those struggles may influence you, right? Those struggles may affect your life and some decisions that you're going to have to make. But God wants to give you a fresh hope for this brand new year. Your life does not have to be defined by the events of this past year. Maybe you have a totally different situation. Maybe this past year was one of your greatest ever. And you know what? you might be in some of the greatest danger. Sometimes it's hardest to let God work in our life in a fresh way when things are going well. As good as life may have been for you, will you let God work in your life today? Will you let God each and every day? Will you quit living off past blessings and ask Him for a fresh sense of His presence and His power and His provision and His protection for every day this coming year? 
Or are you, are we as a church, are we going to live off yesterday's victories? Somebody said you need to have more dreams than memories. Amen? We need to have more anticipation for what God has ahead for us than excitement about what He's done for us. Now, is there anything wrong with looking back? Absolutely not. God calls us to do that in His Word. But we need to have some dreams that we look forward to. As I share about a new beginning, I'm mindful that some of us are so far away from God that we can't even envision what a new beginning would look like. Would you listen to me? Would you listen to a voice of somebody who understands what you're talking about this morning? Riley, I am so far away from a fresh point with God that I can't imagine where that would ever even start. Can I tell you by my own personal experience where it starts? It starts one step at a time. Many times, I'm so hard-headed, no amens, I'm so hard-headed that it took a while for God to get to me. It took a while, took a big poster in front of my face for me to finally get that he's trying to tell me something. And so guess what? I've been doing something for a while before he finally gets to me. And what I've learned is, it wasn't overnight that I got there, and most of the time it's not overnight coming out of it. Now what I say earlier, God will sometimes just change it. God will do that for you sometimes. And when he does that, I say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. But you know what? I believe many times he does not change things like that because he knows that if he did that for us every time we came to him, we'd say, thank you, Lord, and we'd move on, right? You know what God is most passionate about for you, friend? He is passionate about a personal relationship with you. He is not passionate about changing your circumstances. Now, he loves you, and if something's hurting you, it hurts him, and many times he will change those things, whether now or over time. He will heal. It's just a matter of the timing. But he is not more passionate about your circumstances than he is about you. And so many times he allows me to go through a process of healing, to go through a process of of finding that new place in my life. And it takes one tiny baby step at a time. Many times I'll tell Shannon, I'll say, you know what, God's speaking to my heart about something, and I'm just beginning to get a glimpse of what he's trying to say. You know what I've learned from the Lord? He doesn't dump it all on me here today and say, here's what I'm going to do. He calls me to relationship. Robbie, will you seek me? Will you seek me this day? Will you find my grace and, and my mercy for this day? And if you will, Robbie, you will be in the best position to find the next step. If you'll walk with me today, you'll be in the best position to find the next step. And then let's just keep doing that every day. And then, amazingly, he also factors in the days that I blow it. Hey, many of you ever experienced that? You ever been reading through a book of the Bible and you skip a few days and then you end up reading it again and it happened to be exactly the day you need to read it? God, he's got all of our ups and downs and everything in between figured out. He's amazing. What he's calling you to is to seek him in a relationship with him day by day. Then you'll be in Christ, won't you? And then you know what you're going to do? Six months from now, you're going to wake up and you're going to look back and you're going to say, I'm different. I have been changing. And I did not even know it. Praise his name. Is that what you want today? As you look ahead to this new year, would you say, God, I need to change. And I need to start somewhere. I don't even know how to start, 
but I am tired of it and I want to start this day. Not tomorrow, not next week, but this day. I want to allow you to come into my heart to wash my sins away and do whatever you'll do with a life like mine. What an amazing story to get to see Amy's baptism just a moment ago. To the point in her life where she was ready to give up. And an almighty God loved her so much, he had her search the net, and somehow, some way, this church is just trying the best to do what we can do for God, somehow found our way on the internet, and, and some way where somebody could find that, <clears throat> And somehow she felt she caught up with us and somehow we were able to share the gospel and somehow she's growing and we got to be a part of that. Dear God, could that be you this year? Could December 31st be the day it started for you? What a wonderful testimony for her, wouldn't it be? That you know how God's using me? On the day of my baptism, somebody accepted Christ as a result of hearing my story. And then it just keeps going, doesn't it? Isn't it awesome? But you know what today? You may be holding back somebody's blessing because you are being obstinate. You're being hard-headed like I am so many times, and you're saying, God, I just cannot do that. When are you going to let him do it? When are you going to give him the opportunity to do that work in your life? Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you for truth that we would not know unless God Almighty revealed it to us. Much of this is hard to believe, God, that we could ever start fresh. There are some teenagers here who've made the wrong decisions with their life, God, who've compromised their purity. God, you're calling them to a new creation, to a new start with you. God, there are adults here who there are things in their past that nobody else knows about and it drags them down every day and every week and you're calling them to experience the life-changing, transforming power of Jesus Christ that they can be set free, God some in a moment some day by day in a personal walk with you but it's all precious Lord, you've brought us here to this day, not by accident, but by your design. Every person in the sound of my voice, God, I believe you wanted to hear this message. And I pray that you would give each one of us the courage to respond to your message. Maybe somebody it is, God, just a very simple, very basic decision. Maybe it's just a, a corrective move in their life, just an attitude problem or a personal struggle they're going through. Maybe for somebody else it's something much more major and significant. Lord, if there is anybody here today that has never received Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, they've never put their trust in you, they've never placed their life in your hands, I pray that today they would call upon your name. They would say a prayer, something like this, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you love me, that you came and gave your life for my sins, that you rose again to defeat what would have destroyed me. And I want to receive you as my personal Savior. 
I turn away from my way of doing things and I give my life to you. And I may not know all that that means, but I'm saying I trust you for whatever you want to do in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for a Christian here today. So many of us, Lord, I pray that all of us are growing. We're learning. We've got steps to take. And I pray that in some way today, big or small, that every single one of us would start brand new fresh with you right now. Confess any sin, known sin in our lives, God. Ask you to to reveal to us anything in our hearts that would not be right with you. Help us to be people who are led by your Spirit, God, moment by moment, every day. And when we fail, help us to be so uncomfortable with getting away from you that we come running back and confess it to you, God. In these next few moments, God, just do your work. Help us to allow you to do that in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. If God is speaking to you this morning, I want to encourage you to do something about that. Today is always the best day. (laughs) It's the only day you have. The past is gone. You don't have any promise of the future. So why don't you just do whatever God is saying right now. If you need to make some decision personally between you and God, you can do that right in your seat. If you need to talk to somebody about some decision, if you're ready to join this church, if you're ready to follow the Lord in baptism, maybe God is calling somebody into ministry here today. Maybe it's a ministry in this church. Maybe God's speaking to somebody about being a missionary. If God is dealing with your heart about anything today, would you take that, even if it's just a tiny little baby step, take that next step, and then he'll give you the instruction for the next one. But would you take that one, the one you know, Not the ones you don't know. You're not responsible for those. The one you know he's speaking to you about. Would you take it right now?